Thank you for that. Let's open our Bibles, please, to 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel, Samuel chapter 7. We're going to begin reading in verse 4, and we're going to read uh, responsively through verse 9. 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 4. And shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's Word, 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 4. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shalt thou build me an house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. In all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake I a word with any of the tribes of Israel, whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build ye not me in house of cedar? Now therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat and from following the sheep to be a ruler over my, my people over Israel. And I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight and have made thee a great name like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. And uh, look back at uh, verse 8. In the middle of the verse, I want to read that again says, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. And uh, this morning I want to speak to you on this subject. I took thee from the sheep coat. I took thee from the sheep coat. And let's pray. Father, we pray that you bless uh, the message. Uh, I feel it's very, very important. We yield your spirit. We pray that he'd direct us as to what to say and how to say it, that you'd open our eyes of our, that we might behold wondrous things out of thy law and open our understanding that we would see a true walk with thee and a true humility in seeing things from reality. We pray that you'd help us to humble ourselves and may we have a biblical, eternal perspective on life. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I took thee from the sheep coat. There are two outlooks on life. You can have one that is independent, all you, from God. And then you can have one that is totally dependent on God. These are the only two outlooks in life. Recently, I've uh, reached several epiphanies in my life, come to a realization about my life. Basically, I'm going to preach to myself this morning. Uh, I hope you'll listen in. Uh, but a realization about what is life? What is this thing called life? What is my life? I want you to consider what is your life? This may sound strange to a little bit uh, to some of you, but recently I felt a little bit guilty of, uh, about my life, of what I possess. 
what I own, what I've accomplished, what I know, the things that I've done, the things I can do. That may sound a little bit strange, but I've also been attacked. People told me you were given everything you have in your life. And uh, I'm very thankful for that. Um, I never worked a day in my life. Everything I have, I was given. Uh, somebody told me that. You didn't earn anything. Uh, you don't deserve it. It was given to you. But there's two types of people in this room, two ways to look at life. Number one, God gave you everything you have. So you're dependent upon God. Secondly, or you did it all by yourself, you are independent from God and all others. Uh, it's a very proud way to look and proud way to live. So some people have come from rags to riches, the American dream as it's called. But the reality is that God gave us everything we have. Everything you have. And I want you to think about this. David, the man after God's own heart, had a desire to build a house of God. God didn't need a house to dwell in. God's omnipresent. He's eternal. He's everywhere uh, at the same time. But David was given this covenant of salt called the Davidic covenant. It would be preserved forever from the time it was given on into eternity. But David, because of all the bloodshed he had uh, made in war, this building of the house of God would be postponed. His son Solomon, by the sovereignty and providence of God, he would be the one that would build the temple. Now Nathan, uh, the prophet, he tells David that I took you, or God said, I took thee from the sheep coat to be a ruler over my people, over Israel, and I was with thee, whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and made thee a great name, like unto the great men that are in the earth. But where did it all originate? David was a little shepherd boy. He just, the Bible calls it the sheep coat. He was told by his father and his older brothers, you stay out there in the hills of Bethlehem, you'll watch the sheep, you're the lowly one, we're the elders of the family, you'll do what we say. And so David, the youngest, I think there was eight total of the brothers, he was the keeper of the sheep. He was humbled, he obeyed his father and his older brothers, he just did what he was supposed to do. He stayed out there. He learned to be lonely. He learned to walk with God. He learned to become an expert with the slingshot, which later on he would kill Goliath. He became an expert in uh, martial arts. And what, what's really amazing to this, uh, we call it shadow boxing, and your forms are actually imagining and fighting a shadow, but you can become very, very expert at that. David is the example. He killed a lion and a bear with his own hand. That's the amazing thing about it. He, he was out there learning martial arts. Also, he could play musical instruments, the harp, unbelievable expertise. 
He wrote the Psalms. He was singing, walked with God, knew God. But when all this was going on, he was very, very poor. Had no money whatsoever. No status in society whatsoever. And actually, according to Hebrew culture and biblical customs, he didn't have much hope. Because the oldest son of the family received a double portion of the inheritance. So if there was eight brothers, you divide it by eight. Older got the double. The rest uh, divided the rest. And the older brother had the priestly rights to the family. And so when later on, when uh, Samuel would anoint David to be the king, uh, he said, must be this big, tall guy like Saul. And God said, no, men look on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. They brought the next oldest and the next. Finally, he asked, have you not any other sons? He says, oh, yeah, the youngest one, the little shepherd boy out there in the sheep coat. And he said, we will not sit down until you go get him, which is an amazing statement. So... David brought from the lowliest of positions the sheep coat. God says he made him to be ruler over my people Israel. He became the king of, of the people of God. So he was chosen by God. He was not worthy of this title. He didn't earn it. He didn't go to college to be a king. He didn't somehow get a job and work his way up and make investments to be the king. He didn't do anything to become the king. God gave him everything that he had. He didn't deserve it. wasn't worthy. It was the call of God on his life. He just heeded the call and he didn't inherit it. God gave him everything. By his sovereignty and providence. Now, think about this. Most people are full of pride. We've all been guilty of this. Some people from time to time, some people it's their way of life. I bought this. I get a little sick of hearing it too. I built that. I earned this. I went to college and got my education. I was the one who made this happen. The more you say that, the more satanic you become. In Isaiah 14, Lucifer said, I will sit on the sides of the mountain. I will ascend into the sides of the north. I will be like the Most High. And Reminds me of the uh, book of Acts where King Herod took the glory and the people were just clapping and shouting and King Herod. And God said, that's it, you crossed the line. He was eaten up by worms, literally. While people watched, worms consumed his body. He was judged by God. And it was the epitome of pride to be independent to start your life within yourself of your own capabilities that God gave you 
and then say from that point on, I did this, I worked, I bought it, I got the job, I worked hard, I worked my way up, I built that, I bought that, this is what I own. When the Bible says in Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow to it. I love Psalm 100, verse 1 through 3. We are his sheep of his path. He, he, it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. The only right you would ever have, which there never would be one, to have any pride whatsoever to say it's me is if you made yourself. And I ask you this morning, did you make yourself? The answer is no. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. That's why Jesus said in John 15, 5, without me, ye can do nothing. Absolutely nothing without Him. And a lot of, I know the context there is fruit that remains and abiding in Christ. But it says in Psalm 127, 1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. The watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to stay up late, rise up early, unless the Lord watches and the Lord builds. All is vain. I remember when I uh, went into Brother House for my graduation counseling everybody ought to do that by the way yeah. uh, you ought to seek counsel from the men of God but he he asked me sit down and uh, he'd always say something like this well do you think you can do it I said do what and he said do you think you can build a church and uh, I lied I said yeah I think I can um, but you know, he, he equated everything to build it. Do you think you can? Do you think you can build it? And you know, I was gonna say, I was afraid of him. I said, I can't build anything. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against. I can't build anything. You know, I told somebody again yesterday, this isn't my church. I didn't die for it. I didn't die for it. I didn't buy it with my blood and I can't build it. It's all of him. So, but plans, life, what am I doing in life, by the way? I ask myself all the time. What is this thing called life? Have you ever asked that? What is the next quarter pounder with cheese? No. What is life? What am I accomplishing in life? I asked you, what are you doing in life? Why do you get out of bed in the morning? What is the meaning of life? What's the purpose of life? What will I leave behind? You know, a lot of people are worried about legacy. Legacy. The Obama legacy. Well, the worst president ever lived until Biden came along, who's the third term of Obama. The, that's his, that'll be his legacy. Thinks he's changing the world, yeah degrading it but legacy you know I was thinking I had a daughter James won't be passed on you know Ethan is James uh, does it really matter though Paul never one time talked about his children and his legacy 
never one time talked about it. You notice how very wealthy, ambitious people want legacy? Like Dolph Briscoe named, contributed a lot of money for the college to have the Briscoe building and then has the Briscoe Museum on the Riverwalk in San Antonio. And people will give sacrificially large amounts of money to have a foundation or something called by their name to have a legacy. When the Bible tells us that wicked men name their lands after themselves, the so-and-so, the Smith Ranch, legacy, you know, what will I be remembered for? What did I do that people will remember me when I'm gone? You know, and I always say, who cares? This whole thing's going to melt with a fervent heat. You realize when Jesus comes back after the battle of Armageddon sits on the great white throne, all of our works will be burned up. But this whole thing's going to melt. Not eternal. Now the earth's perpetual. But what is our outlook? What's the perspective? Is it I or is it him? David said, and he knew, I was brought out from the sheep coat. You know what I am without God? I'm a poor, the youngest brother of a sheep herding family. That's all that I am. And some of you better wake up and get back to remembering what you are without Christ, who you are without Christ, where you came from. You know, we went up to Bryan County, Oklahoma, went where my dad grew up, went to all the places. I know what I am. I'm not lying to myself one second. I know what the real deal is. You better not ever forget who you are and where you came from without Christ. David, though, was called chosen, a man after God's own heart, anointed, placed on the throne. Why? Because God said, I took thee from the sheep coat and I made thee a ruler of my people Israel. You're a nothing. And David knew that. So when we think about Competition. You ever heard about that guy who had the humility competition? It's pretty funny. Uh, he said, Man, I'm well read. I am well traveled. I've read a lot of books, famous author. I am highly educated. I am highly sophisticated. I have class. I have style. I am knowledgeable. I have several degrees. I have so much experience. I've gained so much wisdom in this life. I have so much knowledge in so many different areas of life. I know about history. I know about technology. I know about uh, the America. I know about the world. I know about the future. I know about everything. I am the humblest man on earth. I'm so humble, I can't stand it. I am a humble man. I'm so intelligent, I'm so popular, I'm so charismatic, I'm so humble. 
What have I done in my life? Hopefully nothing. You know, when people call me and say, what are you doing? Nothing. And they'll say, man, you're lazy. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, I'm trying not to do anything. I, don't, I want God to do it all. I don't do anything. Now, I've done a lot. I'll continue to do a lot. It's all based on your perspective. What have I done in my life? I've done everything since God made me and gave me a body and made me a living soul. I've done everything. But without that, I can't do anything. I have done nothing. God did it all. So you have the sheep coat people or you have the people who can't see the beginning they can't see the hand of God and they go to the present or the end they don't know how to go to the beginning and then they'll say I have done this I did that look what I own when the reality is we brought nothing into this world it's certain we're taking nothing with us the old joke you've never seen a U-Haul following the hearse to the cemetery. You're not taking anything with you. So God made man in his image. God gave man all the capabilities to live life and to excel in life. But the reality is, I haven't done one thing. You know why? For me to do something, I would have had to made myself. And I didn't make myself. And you didn't make yourself. So that means everything you've ever done since you were born into this life means God helped you do it or allowed you to do it or gave you the capability to do it. We have done absolutely nothing. Now for you to try to take the credit is the epitome of pride. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You hear it just spewing all the time about personal accomplishment. The reality is, I haven't done one thing. Not one thing. You know, think about a gun. A gun is a machine. Anybody can pull a trigger. Watch out. Anybody can pull a trigger. God gave us free will. God made us a living soul. Are we going to be like David, a man after God's own heart? Remember where we came from? Remember the origin of the Creator? Or are we going to forget and begin to boast of our own endeavors, our own accomplishments? Now, I'm going to make just a few very simple. This is a very simple, but this is the deepest to me that I've ever had. Uh, Statements about reality. Very simple. Number one. And this is about me. You can make your own decisions about you. Number one, I am nothing. I'm just a big nothing. You know why? I didn't make myself. God created me. I didn't choose if I was a male or a female. But since God made me a male, I'm a man. Not only to be a woke man and a transy man and a weirdo freak either. I'm a man. And if you're a man, you ought to be a man. If you're a woman, you ought to be the most feminine, godly woman who ever lived. And don't try to change it and don't 
this is a messed up world we're living in. I didn't choose the shape of my nose. I didn't choose my family name. I didn't choose that I'd come from sounding hillbillies. Billy Joe James and Nancy Joe James. I didn't choose that. I didn't choose I'd have two brothers and I would be the oldest. It's none of my doing. What are you mad at me for? You're the oldest and you got all the favoritisms. Not my fault. Take it up with God. I did not choose any of this. I didn't choose that I have hazel eyes. Sometimes they look brown. And that I have a pointed head and I'm going bald. I didn't choose anything. I didn't, I didn't choose my shape of my face, that I'm tall and lanky, and I got bowed legs. I didn't choose any of that stuff. I didn't choose the features, that I have really long, hand, big hands and fingers. I didn't choose that, that I'm a size 11. I didn't choose my talent. God gave me that talent. I'm not talking about an earned skill or a trade school. I'm talking about natural talent had nothing to do with me. I don't make my heart beat. Do you make your heart beat? Well, who are you to brag about anything? When you can make your heart beat, then start bragging. When you can speak something from nothing, like God Almighty by the power of your word, you might become something, but until then, you're a big nothing. Do you make your cardiovascular system work? Do you make your neurological system work? Do you make your pulmonary system work? Do you make your digestive system work? No! We don't do anything. Nothing. I'm a big nothing. But by His grace, I'm something. Number two, I have earned nothing in my life. Nothing. You know, I got my first job when I was 16. I worked over 40 hours a week, starting from my 16th birthday. I've worked, I think I added up 25 different jobs, and some of them were little small things. Um, you know, now I have several jobs. And I didn't earn anything. I never earned one paycheck from that regard. Why? Because I didn't make myself, and God did it all. And He made me from a bunch of dirt. And he breathed into my nostrils the breath of life, and that's all I am. And I have to be subject to the Father of spirits and live. And if he takes the breath away, I'm dead. Right. One breath I am away from death. Sure. One heartbeat away from death. I haven't earned anything. And I've earned a lot of money. No, I haven't. I haven't earned anything. I haven't, I haven't earned anything. All of my maturity, all of my struggles going from kindergarten to the, boy, all the way working, all of my postgraduate studies, I didn't earn any of it. All my, not ever book I ever read, I've read many, I've read all kinds of books. I, all the study, all the people I've gotten around, the experience I've gained, and the great men who's taught me things, my college, all the different training, all of my skill sets, my travels, my experience, my expertise. I haven't earned one thing in life. 
And I know a lot more than a lot of people. And I've earned a lot more than a lot of people. And I haven't earned one thing. You know why? I'm a big nothing. Number three, I have built nothing. Now, I know, I know I've been involved in the building of seven homes and the remodeling of seven homes. And some of you are contractors and you've done a lot more. But I didn't build one thing. I haven't built anything. I've wired homes from scratch. I, we we uh, frontiered ranch from the ground up. The whole thing. All the plumbing for miles, pipelines, electrical, roads, you know, uh, fences, bulldozing, backhoe. I haven't done anything. I didn't do it on I did a lot this week. I dug a ditch. I tell people I went to college to dig ditches. That's what it, where it got me. But I needed that. Bust a knuckle. Get some grease under your fingernail. Dig a ditch. Get cactus. Yeah, grow up. Did I do anything? No, I haven't done anything. I haven't, I haven't built one thing. Houses from scratch. Design. Architecture. Some guy will go, why did you put that there? I just got an idea one day and I did it. But I didn't do it. It's not me. I haven't built anything. Your marriage, did you build your marriage? Did you build your family, your relationships, your friendships, your businesses? Some people in this room probably own several businesses. Did you build them? No, I didn't build anything. Can you build your own character? Hopefully, but no. Did you build... Um, a church no can't build anything I have not built anything God took me out of the sheep coat I ought to be dead under a bridge laying in my own vomit or not even here right now God did it all number four I own nothing now I own a piece of property I own a pretty nice house do I really do I own my truck no do you own anything? I don't own anything. I don't own my body. I don't own my mind that I think with. I don't own my heart that I feel with. I don't own my wife. For these tough guys to say, I own you, you don't own your own self, much less a woman with your little wife beater t-shirt and bully. You don't own anything. Nobody owns anybody. How dare you try to own somebody? You don't own your kids. God made you and you used you to make your kids. Right. You don't own your kids. Amen. The government thinks they own them. You better look out. Nobody. You don't own your home. Oh, I, own, I have leather furniture. You don't own anything. I own this. I own that. You don't own your property. You don't own your own coordination. If God takes it away, you won't have I... Uh, hand, fist, coordination. You don't have anything. You don't own your money. By the way, money is basically something on paper these days and it's getting worse and they're trying to go cashless to go crypto and then they're going to try to block you out of your own money. It's coming. The great reset. And you will own nothing and be happy. That's what they're telling everybody. Yeah, nobody's going to be happy working and not owning anything. It's coming. Do you own your possessions? Really? Your vehicles? No. I own nothing. Number five. 
Say it again. I haven't done anything. A little bit redundant. I have not done one thing. You know how many sermons I've preached? I haven't preached any of them. Did I make myself? No. My whole life I haven't done anything. God made me and He did it all. You know, on the epitaph would be great on the grave marker. He didn't make Himself and He did nothing. He didn't make Himself and He did nothing and He entered with nothing and He left with nothing and God did it all. And take that. He was a loving Father. And I'm not mocking people. He didn't do anything. God did everything. I haven't done anything. And then lastly, which I'm sure you're glad to hear, I can do nothing and will do nothing else in the future ever. I can't do anything. Why? I didn't make myself. John 15, 5. Without me, you can do nothing. I get a little tired of these wealthy guys. And they don't do anything. They only write checks. But they boast. Ha! I built that pond right there. You see that dam? I built that. I said, really? Did you ever get in a bulldozer? i never seen you run a bulldozer. How'd you build that? Well, I wrote the check for it. <laughs> I dug that water well right there. That thing puts out 100 gallons a minute. We hit the aquifer. We hit Austin Chalk. I dug that. No, you didn't. I, I saw, a, what's that company? I saw a cruise water well drilling come out and drilled that one. Uh, you didn't drill a lick. Your hand, you never hit the joystick. You don't know what a drill bit is. I put in that road right there and we decided to make this little oak field back there in the back of 40. Really? Did you run the tractor? I don't even think you know what John colored John Deere is. You don't even know what... You didn't run that tractor. You built that? Well, I wrote a lot of checks. Yeah? And you came into this world with nothing, and you left with nothing, and you can do nothing, and you own nothing, and for the audacity to say, I did that, I bought that. That's mine. Just like a little kid. Mine. That's mine. <laughs> no, you don't, you don't have anything. So, David said, they took me from the sheep coat. This is in three places. I did, for a lack of time, I didn't have his turn to. And there's other verses I wanted to look up. But just think about this. Here's the most powerful man on earth the king of Israel, who can say, off with their heads, execute the man at my word, has all the power. He said, I was taken from the sheep coat. Now, there's two ways to look at life, and I'm through it. You are either independent from God, or you're totally dependent on God, or you have forgotten the origin of your very creation of who made you and gave you all the capabilities and you think you're doing it all by yourself or you realize without me, you can do absolutely nothing. 
absolutely nothing. And when you begin to at least think about this and come to a realization, it'll change your whole life. Why? Because then you will trust in the Lord, do good, and so shalt thou inherit the land, and you will become more humble, more dependent on Him. You will pray more. You will trust and rely upon Him, and you won't try to take the credit, and then you won't try to hoard and accumulate and compete and compare with other people who are trying to hoard and accumulate and compete and compare. And they comparing themselves among themselves is not wise. So I'm through, but, you know, here's a great example. You notice how fans means fanatic? You know, you're supposed to be emotionally invested, attached. You're a fanatic. I love this. That's my team. Have you ever noticed that some people are bandwagon fans and they jump on the... Remember how the Seahawks were terrible for all that, and then all of a sudden they won and... People in Uvalde are wearing in Uvalde are wearing Seahawk thing. Doesn't matter. Why? Because I want to identify with the winner. Because you're a loser. So you want to identify with the winner. And but then they will try to identify, did you get on the field and play? Did you did you go to spring training? Did you get drafted? Did you go to college? Did you do anything? No, that's my team though. And my team beat your team. And my guy that I don't even know who he is, and he's on his third wife and he just got out of jail for domestic abuse, he ran faster than your guy, and so I'm better than you. He didn't do anything. Didn't do absolutely anything. You know, study what a cowboy is. It was the most demeaning criminal in the Old West, and they turned it into glamour with a star. Uh, but anyway, I'm a big nothing. I scored a touchdown in Cowboy Stadium. So what? When you hit the ground, it was concrete with like not even this good a carpet on it. Um, all right, let's pray. Every head's bowed, every eye's closed.